Ah, welcome to another episode of Stoney's Buds. So stoked to uh, be here with you all today. Uh, I think if you look around the booth, whew, it's a little empty in here today, huh? There's uh, just just a kid, just Stoney's Buds. And by the kid, I mean old man. Uh, time is just uh, how you perceive it, you know what I mean? What's what's in the mind is how, uh, how, how you uh, age yourself, I guess, and I'm the kid. But anyways... Uh, you know, after the first episode, um, so many comments. I mean, wow, dude, everybody, thank you so much for reaching out. It's incredible. And uh, the people who identified with uh, the story and, and saw a little bit of themselves in there and, and shared some stuff with me and and uh, had more questions for me. I mean, that, that seemed to be the uh, ongoing theme in the comments. And uh, I think it seemed like a lot of people... They not only wanted to know, you know, what happened with the bomb hole and all that, but they also, when they heard what the deal was, they wanted to know the full story. And I think we only kind of touched on the uh, the bomb hole scenario, and Eric and I didn't get into the full origin story. And uh, I felt like I was answering the question pretty much 100 times a day for the past two weeks getting into it and going through and and answering more questions about it for people. And so I was just like, you know what? I am just going to do another uh, episode. And you know what? I don't, don't want to do another episode uh, with me being the, uh, the topic because uh, that's, that's the last thing I wanted to do. But I do think, uh, you know, if 15 of you are completely overhearing about it and it's too much, and uh, you really don't care about the, uh, the the drug stuff. and I mean, you care, but you'd rather hear about snowboarding. That's fine, because if it touches one person, gets that person to uh, go in and, and start asking the, the hard questions and, and go into maybe uh, rehab or, or detox or, or uh, who knows, maybe they go, go all the way. If one person's life's changed, then, then it was all worth it, and, and this... Uh, sitting here for this episode was was 100% the right call. So, if you're not into it, just listen anyways, you know? We haven't we haven't been able to uh spend time with each other in a long time. So, you get a little bonus episode. Um I'm going to do my origin story and 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 focus on uh you know, my story. And uh there's a lot of it I want to share with you guys anyways because there is a lot of information in there that uh, could help people and, and resources and things that I didn't know. I wish I knew um, years ago. It could have caused me, it could have It could have been awesome. I could have gotten this taken care of uh, ages ago if had I known some of the resources that are free and available. And and uh, so, so who knows? Maybe it's information that we can share with each other. But uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the podcast. Uh, it's called like White underbelly or or something like that soft white underbelly basically uh they take somebody that is like a career drug addict lifelong drug addict um maybe they still are maybe they're in recovery um but the the host basically asks one question and uh bam the the guest just goes from there and uh talks for however long their episode's gonna be and uh it's it's incredible because I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but hearing other people's stories 
is kind of what is the one of the biggest helps because you realize, wow, man, there's everyone's like me. You know, I'm not the only one dealing with these things. Um, everybody's stories, some some might be way scarier and way gnarlier and and uh, way more intense. Um, some might be a complete different um, narcotic or or maybe it's alcohol. But at the end of the day, there's parallels, and you're going to relate to them, and you're going to learn from these stories. So it's always good to, to hear other people's stories. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, that's the call. So I kind of pulled a last-minute switch, and uh, instead of going with a normal guest format, um, I'm going to do, do uh, this for one more episode. And, uh, oh, big news, big news. The show, I decided, is not going to be on Thursdays. It's going to be on Tuesdays. So um, that's going to come into play basically immediately. So we're not far off from the next episode. So that'll be uh, coming into play right away. Um, Tuesday seems to be a better day for people from what, what I'm reading. I don't know. probably doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be Tuesdays. Patreon um, will get the episodes a day early. Um, so they're going to get them on, on Mondays and, uh, that's going to be the format. Um, and again, uh, thank you to all the Patreon members, uh, your early support. I mean, I have, I have, uh, my own brands, Nomi Mugs and my print shop advertising. Um, and then the, the boys at Moonchild, man, awesome, awesome to come in, offer some support, but that, that's it for support. So it's really, you guys are, uh the thing that got this got this podcast going. So um, the donations to the GoFundMe, the uh, the Patreon, buying merch, man, that's that's the only way I've been able to do this. So give yourself some uh, some air horns, some props, and uh, take it. Take it from there. Give yourself some props. Like I said, some reason I can't hear that air horn. That's, I don't like that. But but whatever. That's fine. Um anyways. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. And uh, if you guys are wondering um, how I'm doing today, <laughs> so good, my dogs. You know what I mean? And that goes out to each and every one of you. You, my dog. You, my dog. You, my dog. But uh, anyways, let's get into the Eastone drug addiction. Harsh words. Harsh words to uh, to pair up with yourself. But, uh the origin story of East Stone. Um, let's go. As long as everything's working, I mean, that's fine. Chucky Chickens. Chucky's Chicken. Check to the check to check to check to it. Check to the check to check to check to it. And why does that have an X all the way through it? And go see the doctor. The uh, origin story of your boy Eastone, and you know, um, I sat down with Eric, and uh, I mean, he was rad, dude. He killed it. Um, he really tackled the the question at hand, you know, and and dug in deep on uh, on what what went on with the with the bomb hole, and that's uh, that was kind of the the question at the uh, the front, but then. Um, you know, the conversation went the way it went, and man, we can't do a six-hour podcast, so you got you to gotta call it. But, you know, afterwards, I got to thinking, like, man, um, 
there's definitely stuff I still wanted to talk about, and and especially the the process of uh, of the experience and the process of doing the uh, detox, the rehab. Um, how did I do it? And and uh, can you do it? And uh, you know, is there hope for you if you need it? And uh, you know, just everything. Um, when when you tell a story, um, you, you know, like Usher, baby. Uh, if I'm gonna tell it, I want to tell it all. You know what I mean? So just like Usher, I want to I want to get in there and uh, tell tell the whole thing, get it out on the table once and for all, and then be done with it. Move forward from there. Then the journey um, with this this show and and life and everything in between. So uh, that's that's the uh, it's exciting for me to be able to get this off my chest because it's something I never thought I'd be able to do i mean i thought that angie and i were basically trapped i didn't know what we were we were gonna do um i guess to start you know um i guess let's start right where we uh the night before we had and i'll back it up afterwards but the night before um we went into detox angie and i were you know, we knew it was time. It was we were we were so tired of the of the whole thing, the charade, the charade, the charade of uh, of the lie of it, the uh, the struggle. Um, what if you don't get what you need? Are you going to be sick? The money. Um, I mean, when you tally up our career, and I call it a career. It's not a career. It's a it's a sentence, a prison sentence. When you tally up our sentence we served to uh, to this damn drug, you, you tally up two people and uh, are by every day. I mean, the, the amount of money is is crazy. Like you would you would freak out, you would trip out. Um, I'm not even gonna say it. It's I would, I would have to write it down and slide it across a table on a napkin or something. It's too much money. So you know the money, the uh, just the lifestyle and. And, you know, when you're young, it's a little bit easy to be rubber band man and, and kind of you can quit a lot easier. I think your body can just take more. Um, one thing the drug will do is it kind of gets you to have that attitude like, oh, man, I'll do that tomorrow. And uh, so I ran out of blood pressure medicine, um, which, as everyone knows, is very important medicine. That's, that's, that's a silent killer right there. You got to be up on your meds. So I ran out of meds and uh, we moved across town. And uh, I needed to get a new doctor. I think I had new health insurance too. So I had to get a new doctor. And it was proving to be kind of a pain in the neck. You know, there's a lot going on. Busy, busy person. Like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll make that, that appointment and get these, uh, these meds. And tomorrow, tomorrow. And six months later of tomorrow's, all of a sudden, I got, I got other things going on. And I didn't know if it was maybe just because I'm getting older. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But all of a sudden, like... Uh, my eye, one eye would be out of focus sometimes, and maybe both would start going out of focus. Um, swelling in my in my uh, my feet and my ankles, and I've always had flat feet, and kind of my old snowboard injuries were like coming back. Um, and just like I don't know, a general feeling of uh, not tight, and I was just like, dude, this is what it's like to get older. Wow, this sucks, and. You know, you just got to stay active and you can be on top of this. And 
And, uh, but I didn't know what was going on. And um, it turns out it's all because of high blood pressure. They're all symptoms. And uh, I could have been taking my meds and that, that wouldn't have been the thing. But I, I was basically falling apart. Um, and uh, it was like kind of the main issue I had was from not taking those meds. I was going to be in bad shape. And if I kept doing that, I mean, who knows? That that leads to a heart attack. That leads to death, right? Like, that's the, that's the direction it goes, you know? So you, you got to really take care of yourself, especially as you get older. So, you know, the stuff with the drug is is great and it works until it doesn't. And then all of a sudden, here you are with high blood pressure and, and you're uh, just your health declining. I mean, I was smoking so many cigarettes. Imagine what that does to your, to your blood pressure. And, um, and man, now I'm done with cigarettes. Such a, such a great thing. Woo, baby. Um, so yeah, we, we were both like, you know, we knew, um, writings on the wall with this, this, we can't keep doing this. And, and we had tried to quit. I mean, we'd quit. I mean, I'd quit to go on trips. I'll, I'll get into that, but I would quit to go on trips. Uh, we used to boxing and we had a system and, uh, I could, I could quit like painlessly, um, within, I don't know, a couple of days I could quit, um, at a system and uh, it, it was messed up. And what, what sucked, it was so easy and painless that uh, I'd be like, oh, well, I can do it and then just quit when I need to because I have this system. But then all of a sudden, you know, you get older and um, all of a sudden the system doesn't work and it works till it doesn't, you know. The old the adage, they, they kind of throw that around a lot of recovery. It works until it doesn't. And uh, so, yeah, so all of a sudden I couldn't quit like I used to. And, or all of a sudden, uh, you can't get Suboxone, you know, it is a, you know, you got to go to a doctor and they, you got to do this whole thing with them routine or else they're not going to give you the meds. It's like, it's pretty, um, it's kind of crazy, I guess in, in prison Suboxones are worth like $1,200 for one film because it's like, um, it's so hard to get and it's so important for them to have, and, you know, I didn't know these things, so they it's very monitored. So, yeah, all of a sudden, it's it's hard to get some boxing and um, can't quit like I used to. And all of a sudden, it hurts more to quit or, or you get sick more. And um, all of a sudden, Angie and I, you know, we're – I think she had ended up uh, – oh, yeah, we moved, like I said. And, and uh, oh, I, I know what happened. We ended up buying a house and – I ended up buying the house actually outright. Not that everyone needs to know my business, but reason being, I didn't want to uh, spend the money on drugs. I figured get the cash away from me, get all cash out of my hands. So we're, we're all of a sudden in a situation where we don't have much money. And it's just this struggle, man, of trying to figure out how you're going to make this work. Um, and then, man, what if you don't get to the plug and get what you need? You're going to be so sick if you don't do it properly. Um, man, what if you, I mean, it's never happened. What if you got arrested and, and had to do it in jail? You know, like you'd be so sick. I can't even imagine what it's like for, for people that have to deal with that. So we were, we actually prayed that night. Um, our form of praying, I don't, I, I, we call it a uh, manifesting, um, which is, I, th I think very similar to praying, but we basically, you know, spoke to our higher power and, and we're, we were like, we got to get done. We're done with this. You know, we're going to move on. Like, this is not for us. Um, I guess I haven't said it 
out loud in this podcast, but we were smoking um, heroin. And that is a, uh, that's a trigger word right there, heroin, right? H, chasing the dragon. Um, if I was to say to you, pain pills, it hits a different way. Um, if we're at a rap concert and I say scissor, you know, Wakisha, purple drank, um, it hits a different way. All of a sudden it's okay, you know? Um, but what's funny, it's all the same exact thing. I don't care if the doctor doctor is prescribing you your pain pills or uh, you're out there with Lil Wayne and you got purple drink and you're having a, a night. That's that's heroin. Pain pills are heroin. Um, now, there's fentanyl. That's heroin. It's all heroin. And uh, no matter which way you uh, skin the cat there, you're, uh, you could be a mother at home. Maybe you're a mother of two kids and you're doing the pain pills. You're, you're doing heroin. And uh, so the fact that it's a trigger word for people like that and all of a sudden they get scared is uh, it's wild. It's kind of the same thing as in um, you take cocaine, you know. You hear the word cocaine, you're like, yeah, whatever. You hear the word crack, whoo, that's, that's a trigger word. And, uh, you know, it's funny, cocaine, if you're, a, you know, a, a white rich dude, this is really lame, this sucks, but this is kind of by design. You get caught with your cocaine, the, uh, the you could have, I think it's like, I, I don't know the exact amount, but you can have a bunch more um, in volume than the inner city kid that gets caught with crack and that crack is going to prison where the uh, cocaine user is going to pay like a fine and, and get a slap on the wrist. And um, you can look this stuff up. It's, it's crazy. It's uh, it's all about that trigger word. And, and it's, it's wild, wild stuff. Um, but the same thing, you know, crack is just, they, uh, I don't, I don't know how they do it. It's, uh, Whip it. They take it in the kitchen. They whip it up like Migos likes to say, whip it. And they uh, got some sort of temperature, but they basically take cocaine. They lock it into crack and boom, same exact drug, but you can make more money off it. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing, but the trigger words get people all, all going crazy. So I hope you realize that, yeah, the, the, what I was doing is the same as the pain pills and because I remember hearing somebody say, like, oh, I, I thought you were you were just doing pain pills. I didn't know you were doing that. And it's the same thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I did, I never um, injected. I just have a phobia of needles. Um, and that, to me, was just taking it a step further, a step too far. Um, it, it It's like, man, doing that is... That's crazy, and and I guess it's good because that makes it harder to quit, and um, it hits you a different way. It supposedly it's a lot stronger, but uh, you know. So yeah, we were, we prayed that night to our higher power or manifested, and uh, boom, the next day, there it is. It's an intervention and whirlwind of uh, what my life would turn into from that day. But let's back it up. Let's take it and back it up too. Anyways, <laughs> Moonchild, man, these guys are dope, dude. They uh, had you heard of them before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, from Europe. Jeff Fulton's on them. Yes. right now. That I was gonna say that's yeah. what attracted yeah. me. Yeah, uh, I was. I don't know where I was, but I'm cruising around and I see uh, Tarquin's art on a board. 
Oh shit. He did a collab wow. with these guys with, with Moonchild. Moonchild. And yeah. and it was his shotgun art. And I was just like, whoa, I gotta get one of these. And I have I remember one. That. I have one I in my collection. That. I actually I'm gonna put it on set. And dude, it is so sick because that's some of my favorite. Favorite art. So what we have here behind you is the Malibu. And you're going to see it's a special shape. And uh, that's another thing that attracted me. These guys These guys have mad love for snowboarding. And that, you know, it always, like, draws me to a brand. Makes them stick out because they have the passion. They uh, both worked at the board factory, Elon, as well as it turned into the mothership through that process. Oh, cool. And that's why they got such cool shapes. And you go on their website, dude. They got this thing going called Skunk Works. You can design a one-off board with your own custom shape. That's you design a shape. Yeah, that's and amazing. Then, and then Yuri figures it out and uh, does it for you, and you have a one-off mold. Or you can pick from some cool ones yeah, we're that they a, have going. We're at a point in our life where, like, you're having your own shape. Dude. Showing up at that, saying you that design hill that? Where you, with yeah. your own one-off, that's badass. That's, that's some special stuff right yeah, there. That's and a lot of people... Maybe they're scared to experiment with those shapes. Yeah, got to get on them, dude, because they can they can really change the way you look at the mountain. But you know they also have like the shape looking behind you, and the the quality is insane because these guys have a background where they've worked at the factories and and they know what they're they doing, and do. it shows in the product. Yeah, and then they're linking up with these legends like Fulton, Ali Goulet. Oh, um, nice. They, they have a whole crew that yeah. they're linked. I think Tina Bassich was on there. Amazing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So they're kind of like paying homage to these people that that kind of like really got them into snowboarding and changed right. changed That's the dope. sport for them and and did important things like. Like Fulton deserves a respect that he's getting and getting aboard. Like that's cool. Mount Baker hardcore original man. Yeah, dude. That's yeah. it's like these guys deserve respect. So it's really cool to see a brand doing that. And uh, yeah, I'm get on the it. boards, dude. They ride dope. Killer. Guess who's back? Stony Buzz is back, everybody. Back, oh back, everybody. Guess who's back? He's back. Anyways, let's take it back, man. Let's take it back. So. I think we talked about uh, in the other episode about I was kind of exposed to alcohol early. Um, but let's take it to uh, my own doings, I guess. Um, I know that. Let's let's think here. Um, I know I, my parents got divorced um, on the summer as I was going into eighth grade. I went with my mom. We moved to Vermont. Before that, um, I want to say, you know, we did a little little bit of, like, sneaking in the, the uh, cabinet and got some drinks here and there. I had an older brother, you know, snuck a brewski. Minor, nothing, nothing more than that. Um, but I got to Vermont, and uh, Vermont was a much different place than... Uh, where I was living before, which was which was Connecticut, um, the uh, Vermonters like to to call Connecticut the Flatlanders. Woo! Dog just messed the camera right up. Not tight, Bowie. Let me check that frame. This is Bowie, my Bowie boy. Hey, chill, 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 sit, chill. Nope. Don't you dare get up there. Don't you dare. Anyways, Bowie, ladies and gentlemen, Bowie. Definitely one of 
Stonis Buds. Beautiful book. So, move to Vermont. Vermont is this 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 wonderful place, really. Um, nature, get back to nature, snowboarding, uh, hippies, exposure to weed. <laughs> so much good stuff in Vermont. So good, my dog, and that's my dog. Um, I get to uh, Vermont. Um, you know, when you're going into eighth grade, that's uh, it's kind of a big time in a young man's life. Going ripped out of your social scenario and uh, popped into a new school. I mean, plenty of people have to deal with it. Plenty of kids have to deal with it. But it sucks, man. Parents, try not to do that. Um, you like, luckily, you know, I'm a pretty outgoing person. I talk to anybody um, and enjoy it. And, you know, I can can make friends, luckily. Um, not like that that shy wallflower, but... I can go talk to people, and but you know my sister, she had a hard time um, starting all over like that. It's it's gnarly. It's not not a cool thing for a young kid. But I was stoked because I had found snowboarding um, a couple years before that, and uh, whew, man, changed my life right there, man. I got that that uh, you know that Burton board they used to call. You go Burton boarding? You going Burton boarding this weekend? That's what they used to call it in the East Coast back in the when I was a young kid. Um, especially when you're in Vermont, man. You're you were in Jake's territory. It, it was Burton boarding, and that was that, man. We uh, we would drive past the Burton Outlet back when it was in Manchester, Vermont, and man, dude, that was insane. You 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 get into this this Burton Outlet store and. Um, I mean, you meet the dudes, dude, there's Ryers in there, there's, Jake will be in there, it's, um, it was nuts, uh, I remember I would have to rent a board, um, I think, and I remember that this one year, well, I don't know what year it was, it was, um, whatever year the Elite, um, the Blue Elite 150, I think it was, or 140, I don't know, Elite 140, I think, it's like Blue and white, blue, and silver. Um, the year that came out, um, I remember I, I got new, I, I skied. You know, my dad had us, uh, he had us up to ski resorts um, before my parents got, got um, split up. My dad was raking in some some cheddar bisque. He was stacking El Cheddo, Bisco, Fresco. He would uh, stack cheddar, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, I think, what did he do? He was a sales rep. Uh, he he invented some technology for the, uh, I don't know, ball bearing industry, something that was called like the featherweight or some engraving tool. Um, the kid had Chad stacked to the ceiling and, uh, we would go on, on ski trips, man. Ever since I can remember, I remember we used to do some cool shit before, uh, before the home was broken, I should say, because I come from a broken home. The, uh, this dude, he had, uh, I remember now he had back like goalie at hockey games, um, Hartford Whalers right behind the goalie from the age I can remember 
um, season tickets. Dude, I remember going to those Hartford Wheelers versus the Rangers, dude. Blood on the ice. The uh, Zamboni would have to freaking just be, it would just be tracking blood before it could even clean things up because that's how they used to roll back then, dude. People just kick those gloves off and go to town on each other. Dude, you see a tooth come flying at you being back there behind the goalie. Good times, though, and and so, yeah, we did stuff like that. We we went to, uh, we went skiing. We went on ski trips um, maybe a couple a year to the point where I'd say every year. Um, I think some of my earliest, earliest, most fond memories are uh, resort smells and sounds, you know? Like when, when I'm at a ski resort on a chairlift, if I shut my eyes, you know, like it all sounds the same and it just takes you right back there. Um, the sound of a chairlift, the smell of uh, lunchtime at any ski lodge. You know, you walk in there and it's just, it just got a certain sights and smells and sounds that, that really uh, bring you back. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I think the more as a family, you can get your family together and bring them um, to experience something like that. It's, it's just insane and, and do it. You know, it's like, Maybe not everybody loves to get on the mountain because it's cold as shit. But man, sit in a lodge and uh, you know, there's there's lodge lizards, dude. You can you can do all sorts of I mean, there's lots of stuff going on at these resorts these days. It's good times. You bring the family and experience that shit. Cause I know it it always uh, is gonna hold a special place in my heart. But I remember I saw snowboarding and uh I I think I like I saw it. I remember just being like and before I saw it. I never liked ski poles. You know, I was always throwing my ski poles off the chairlift. And I remember I was bumming my dad out. Um, Give me some new new poles because all of a sudden I didn't have poles. And he, like, would catch me throwing them off the chairlift. Um, I'd say I didn't have poles anymore or whatever. I think at one point I even just, like, he was behind me on the chairlift. And I, like, turned around, looked at him, and threw the freaking poles right in front of him just to be like, fuck these poles. Fuck the Paul lease. You know what I mean? Just kidding. A lot of F-bombs dropping. Um, but anyways, um, I saw snowboarding, and I think I was at Mount Snow um, way before Corinthia Parks. It was at Mount Snow Resort, and I was like, I got to try this, man. Got to try this. Um, and I tried it, dude. You had to, like, pay to get... Dude, before you even, like, could get on the chairlift, you had to, like, get certified, so... I guess you had to kind of learn on the kitty slopes or whatever and then take that and pay somebody to certify you. You know, he'd come shred behind you and take some notes and write if you're good enough and safe for the mountain. So every resort would do that, charge you like 15 bucks for your certification pass. But, uh, dude, I was hooked instantly. I just, I don't know what it was, man. Instantly just... That was that. I needed. To, I needed to do that. I wasn't skiing. I was done skiing, and I remember that Christmas. I think I got a new pair of skis for Christmas because I don't know if uh, I had really let everyone know that you know I was done with that. Um, but I got a new pair of skis, and man, I didn't. I didn't want to be too bummed, but I was bummed, dude. What am I gonna do with these things? But uh, I don't know, something, I think whatever happened, um, I was able to get rid of the skis, go to the Burton Outlet, get a board, and damn, dude, that was, it was awesome, man. 
Uh, that was a tangent right there, but back to finding snowboarding. But anyways, dude, home breaks in half. Parents get divorced. Money dries up. Kids headed up uh, north to move in um, in Vermont. Um, it's pretty quick, man. Like the the neighbors were weed was all of a sudden around, and I remember smoking weed out of a can or something um, for the first time, and and then all of a sudden this new uh, it was like the subculture. The the uh, dude, it's in the music. It's in the it's in the the movies, man. Like Easy Rider comes on, man. Woo! What a what a movie, dude. You know what I mean? I smoke a lot of weed. Some heavy shit right there. Like you start seeing that kind of stuff and Pink Floyd the Wall. Woo! That is some uh, I don't know some life changing shit. Pair the wall up with some hallucinogenics and bam, dude. There's a whole new culture opened up to you. And, uh, dude, I, I liked that culture, dude. I was definitely, uh, into it. And I guess you could say I was a connoisseur of, uh, drug culture. And, and, uh, I'd like to, you know, you hear it in the music. I'd like to identify with it and, and realize what I was hearing. And, <laughs> what's up? This is back. Bones. You heard. That's the word. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, Vermont. And, and uh, you know, I had a scene with the hallucinogenics, with the uh, the weed. Whew. Alaskan thunderfuck. That's, that's some good weed right there. Um, Northern Lights. It was, uh, dude, it was a thing, man. Like, what a cool place to be a place place to grow up be a part of that scene um i was down man i really really uh took like the culture i really really took liking to the culture and and uh like i was saying it's in the music it's 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 all around it's in the lyrics you listen to the lyrics and you're like damn okay that's how he's talking about smoke puffing on the bone smoking some weed you know what i mean it's it's uh, it's dope, dude. So down, and uh, I remember going to uh, what was the class, health class or something, and they they give you the talk about drugs, and they start talking about cocaine. We get to that chapter, and they told us that um, you know, your nose can fall off. You you snort enough of that cocaine, you assume your nose falling right off. You got no nose left, just two empty nose holes. Um. You you they showed a video I think of someone taking like a a shoelace and put it in one nostril and and out the other nostril they had no wall between anymore because all the cocaine they did or maybe it was even one night's worth of cocaine is this uh, horrible horrible drug um you know that classic ad with the, they crack an egg on the uh, on the frying pan and uh, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, and it's the sizzling egg. Um, hardcore shit going on, man. The war against drugs was real. We, we, uh, I think we bought into that too, man, because cocaine was not something you would catch people in my high school doing, as far as I knew. Um, they were they went in hard too that that marijuana was 
in fact, a uh, gateway drug. And I wasn't buying that either. I was like, whatever, man. I can smoke as much weed as I want. I'm never going to do that other stuff, man. I'm never going to do the cocaine and, and heroin. Holy shit. Like one, one needle of heroin and you're, you're uh, chili pepping it downtown under that bridge, dude. And, and uh, you were done. Life was over. And uh, you were living on the streets. You were making a decision that basically you're dead. And uh, I was going to stick to the weed. I was going to stick to hallucinogenics because those things were working until they weren't, man. I remember getting uh, um, arrested or, you know, I wasn't arrested. We had this, uh, it was awesome, dude. Small town, Colchester, Vermont. The same cop, dude. He, I don't know what was up, dude. If he was just always working our neighborhood or all over Colchester, but Officer Fish, dude. He just would always bust me and my crew and I, and and we, he, he always let us go, dude. It was dope. I remember driving home, University of Vermont, dude, coming back from the Bong Olympics, dude. Freaking get pulled over, Officer Fish. Um, calls my mom. She has to come all the way down on a work night. That was a big deal, dude. Um, that was worse than anything, dude. My mom had to be late for work. Um, cause that's our survival, dude. We, we, uh, pops wasn't sent in that alimony. You know what I mean? That was, that was just a, he ghosted on that shit. And, uh, mom misses work, dude. We don't got money. So the fact that she has to wake up and come down and then she sees him pulling stuff out of the trunk, dude. There's a six footer, six foot bong. There's a, a three footer, you know, there's a four footer. Um, you get in the creative ones and she pulls out this, or officer fish pulls out this one and my mom just starts crying out loud. I thought that was the candlestick, the candlestick holder that you made in art class. And, uh, it was, turns out that that doubled as a uh, bong mom. I'm sorry. Um, officer fish would always let us go though. Even though we found six bongs in the in the in the car, we uh, didn't have any weed left. We smoked all it, all that weed. But geez, we must have been stoned out of our mind, dude. Like sixteen year old kids, just freaking eyes bleeding. They're so red, basically. Um, but yeah, Officer Fish was dope, dude. He would let us go. One time though, he arrested me. Arrested me. Um, ba- I th- I think he. We used to hang out at this like bando. It's a banding building building that was just like in the woods even abandoned actually it just uh we'd go there when when the place was closed it was super weird dude it was called like lad research and we were always so high dude we made up that this, they do all sorts of testing there and it was a sketchy place and and uh we always had this thing in our mind about how sketchy this place was but turns out they freaking nothing sketchy about this place except us we would hang out and and smoke weed and drink beer in this in this parking lot that was like offshoot of our neighborhood so we're sitting there dude and i hear a noise you know i think we just took some acid um we we just yeah we just dropped some acid we're just passing some beers around um or cracking some fresh brewskis passing a bowl around and uh i see i hear a noise and someone is running at us full speed um it's Officer Fish, man. He's just running out of the woods. 
and he must have snuck up on us, dude. And and I remember I had a full beer that I hadn't opened yet in my hand. Um, dash, it's kicking in, dude. This guy's running full speed. And what do I do, dude? I fucking throw my beer at this guy. Um, well, luckily, I was never a freaking skilled football player or, or any sort of ball thrower. Um, except for these nuts. Um, but I threw my beer at Officer Fish as hard as I could possibly do it. And, of course, I hit him, dude. Do that today's day and age, dude. You're probably a felony. You're freaking be put in prison or something. Um, luckily, I don't even think that came back up, dude. I don't think he knew who threw it. But anyways, we go running, dude. And we knew these this area, like, the like you know, we could run in the dark blind because, you know, we bike and walk through there as offshoot of our neighborhood, like I said. So we go running, dude, and there's a couple different paths. And I remember, dude, the, the, the Sid is kicking in, dude. There's like a, I don't know, it's probably like a four-foot fence. Um, your boy Stone just freaking jumps that thing, dude, without even putting a hand on it. Just fucking Olympics, dude. The, the kids in the Olympics, I don't even know what it's called when you're running and you're leaping over those things, but the kid was leaping, cleared it, dude. Like, it was probably in all actuality like a six-inch fence or something. But it wasn't, though. It was actually a, rough, a fence, dude. It was no joke. Probably not four feet. It was probably two feet or something, whatever whatever your mini fences are. Kid clears it, and I just go running. Um, and I hear Officer Fish doesn't even see it because I cleared it like such a freaking champion. I clear this thing, and I hear Fish just fall over on it, dude, because he, he runs into it and just, he tacos that bad boy. And it was like a metal one. It had to hurt, dude. It sucked. Um so, yeah, the Sid's kicking in, dude, so I just go running, dude, running. I'm basically like Forrest Gump at this point, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run, and I'm going to keep running, and I'm not going to stop running. And, and I did. Um, it turns out that I thought that Officer Fish and his cronies were, were chasing me through the neighborhood, um, and I was, like, running, hiding under people's decks, dude, like, if you had, like, looked at me, a normal person, you'd probably be like, what is this kid doing, dude? He's, there's a weird kid just hiding under our deck. And I think at that moment I had uh, I, I don't think, I know, I had just seen uh, Hard Hungry and Homeless, dude, and had to dye my hair blonde like like the boys in the movie. And I, I just probably looked like the a weirdo. Let's just say it straight up, a weirdo. Creeping around their backyard, hiding in garbage cans, behind garbage cans, freaking in the pool, next to the pool, in the shed, just creeping for, um, how long does that last? It lasts like a good 12 hours or something, 8 to 12 hours. I think I did that for like 8 hours, just freaking, I remember I could hear like jungle mode. hear like, like I was in it, dude. I was, there's birds, there was apes, like the shit was getting real. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, the drugs mellow out. Your boy Stone is like, well, there's no one chasing me. And, uh, yeah, no one was chasing me, and I just laugh, and I walk back out to the, the middle of the road, and sure enough, dude, Officer Fish pulls over uh, or, or, or just comes driving down the road in his car, and, and uh, it's him, sure enough, parks his car and starts chasing me again. And uh, I must have got just a little kick of LSD back in because I thought if I could run serpentine. Um, serpentine, I don't know if you know, it's 
like kind of like the way Axl Rose dances, you know, he's that little serpentine. I was running like that, um, which in all actuality means I wasn't going very fast. And uh, I remember he dove at me, dude, and caught me with the, his flashlight right in my ankle. And for real, um, that ankle has been like an injury that's plagued me through my whole snowboarding career. It is a bummer, dude. Um, thank you, fish. But thanks for not sending me to prison, actually, dude. But, uh, yeah, ruined my ankle. Thanks for crushing my ankle with that thing. But, uh, yeah, so it turns out that Officer Fish had, uh, you know, got done with his shift. He went home, um, had to work a double that night, and had to go back into work. Figured he'd just drive through the neighborhood on his way to work, casual style, see if we were, see if he could catch us. And sure enough, there I was. Um after that whole freaking jungle experiments of hiding behind the houses. And I uh, got taken to the police office, office this time. And uh, they made my mom come get me. And I had to draw a map of, like, where we hit our beer and our weed because they knew it was over by the lad research thing. And it turns out I was I was definitely still tripping. I'm in the police the police headquarters of Colchester, Vermont, just tripping balls. Um, and I remember, like, my thought process was, you know, I'll talk about the weed. I'm going to talk about the beer, how we got it. And uh, I'm going to let these guys, I'm not going to narc on them any bros, but I will, I will let him know whatever he wants to know. I'm not going to tell him on acid because my parents had no idea I was doing that shit or my mom. And uh, sure enough, dude, I was like drawing them weird maps that didn't make sense of where like we hit the beer and just madness. And my mom gets there. He breathalyzes me to show her how wasted I am because I've been acting crazy. And uh, sure enough, there's no alcohol in my system. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that moment of, of getting, you know, breaking down in the jungle and of Colchester and getting chased by the popo, um, the kid got PTSD, man. It was harsh, dude. Young Eastone, PTSD up in this place. Um from that moment on, if I was to take any LSD or mushrooms, anything, um, I go right back into uh, police or chasing me mode. And that would continue on till who knows, because I was done. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the uh, quantum mechanical quota theory with drugs. Um, everybody's got a quota. And, uh, you know, you go through life and, you know, you, when you start drinking, let's say, you know, or when you're a teen or whatever, you're drinking, you're kind of a, you're a mess, whatever. But once you get past that, you, you hit your quota, or you drink and drink and drink, and you're doing great, dude, until you hit your quota. Then you can't drink anymore, and you start acting a fool, and you start uh, looking like an idiot. And um, basically, your wife's like, if you're going to drink, dude, you can't be around me anymore because you're a jackass. You know, people get like that. Or... Uh, all of a sudden, weed just makes you paranoid, dude. You've been smoking your whole life, but now all of a sudden it makes you paranoid. Um, LSD makes you think the police are chasing you. Quota, quota, quota. Uh, it, it, it's the same with all drugs. And I believe that once you hit your quota, man, you were done. And you need to be smart about that because you need to be on the lookout because not a good thing when you hit that quota. And uh, my wife and I hit that quota with the opiates and and that's uh where we were headed dude doom patrol um so yeah look at look at the quota theory 
Um, I definitely believe in that. Don't look it up because I made it up, but uh, or uh, I'm theory. It's a theory that we can talk about. But I've heard other people talking about it too. But I I, uh, I feel very strongly that that's legit, man. So uh, watch out for your quotas out there, or else you get yourself in trouble. So uh, yeah, I'll keep it moving. Um, in uh, Colchester, you know, after that health class about your brain on drugs and people's shoelace going through their nose and your nose falling off, dude, we were like not touching that white stuff, man. Like I remember one time it came through a party, dude. We had a rumor. There's a rumor. There's a rumor going on, man. I think uh, I think somebody brought some cocaine to the party, bro. What? Cocaine? Somebody brought cocaine to the party in Colchester? Cocaine? Whew, that's serious, dude. What are we going to do, man? We can't have no cocaine. No cocaine in Colchester. We, uh, it was like after school special, dude. We, we made the kid leave, dude, with his cocaine. And uh, we were serious about that shit. We, we were weed smokers, and that was that, man. Proud, proud weed smokers. But we weren't touching that white thing, man. It was bad stuff. I didn't want my nose to fall off. Um, fast forward, Vail, Colorado, dude. Those mountain towns in Colorado, I don't know what it is, dude. Night skiing is a real thing, even even when those resorts don't have uh, lights, if you know what I'm saying. People, uh, I think it's what, what it is, is just there's a lot of traffic, a lot of drug trafficking going on. Um, after high school, we moved, or not we, I guess I could say we, me and some homies. Uh, you know, we're, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Hard Hungry and the Homeless was a slapper, dude. And these other movies were, were banging. It's like, Breckenridge, that's a spot, dude. We got to get that peak nine jump, dude. That peak nine kicker, what's up? I see this dude, J2, jumping on handrails and Tarquin Robbins, dude, riding all crazy, jibbing. And, dude, a lot going on out there. Everyone's out there, dude. Uh, the Joyride crew's out there, the ride crew. Like, shit, shit's for real. That, that's where it's going on. So uh, pack up the whip, head out. And, uh... Yeah, dude, all of a sudden in that town, dude, you start realizing that. I think it's all the tourists, dude. They want to party. They got money. Uh, and then there's on the other side, there's a lot of people from Southern Hemisphere that are, are working there. And uh, they're getting getting it sent up. And the cultures of the uh, rich party lifestyle and the South American drug dealers are meeting in the middle. And uh, next thing you know, you got this dude knocking on your door. He's, he's our upstairs neighbor. And he's like, here's the deal, man. We got kids up here. Um, I can't, like, cut my uh, my cocaine into grams um, because of these kids. So are you guys cool if I do it in your apartment? And, uh, you know, you, we can hang out. And you can do what you want. And then I'll leave you some, too, man. It's chill. And we were just like, cocaine, whatever. I don't know much. Yeah, whatever. Sure, dude. Why not? Um. Yeah, next thing we know, this dude just giving us tons of yayo, dude. It's like freaking uh, Al Pacino in there, dude. Who put this together? Me. That's who. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, dude. Tony Montaña. Tony Montaña. Uh, mountains. Mountains of the, the cocaine. Um, but you know what? I, I try that shit in whatever, dude. It doesn't really do much for me, dude. Little little buzz, whatever, real quick, in and out. You know, not my, not my thing, really, dude. I mean, oh... Um, or, or there's definitely a, a time and a place for it. Um, like that one dude in that movie, dude, he lands an airplane upside down, dude, cause they got them all coked up or whatever. It, uh, if you're drunk, it'll, uh, straighten you out a little bit. And that, that's pretty tight, dude. That movie was, was crazy. True story, I guess, too. 
Um, great actors. Um, forget the name of the movie, but wow, incredible stuff. Um, yeah, anyways, you start to find out the mountain scenes just, just freaking some shit's going on. I hear some airplanes moving around above me, dude. It's uh, earlier, dude. I think uh, I was on break when it happened, but dude, like, military's testing. There's some crazy shit going on. They're flying, like, stealth bombers above the crib. Pretty cool. I think they stopped now, so anyways. But uh, anyways, dude, just piles of cocaine in these mountain towns. And, uh, you know, maybe you start, you, you do it here and there, you dabble, and then you realize and start seeing how much the people... A lot of people are doing it, man. It's it's crazy. And uh the snowboard scene has a lot of partying, dude. And um you go to these industry events, you just a resort town doesn't even have to be an industry event. There's just people are partying. And it's easy to get caught up in that. And um I guess maybe weed is a gateway drug. I don't know, dude, because it 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 seems to be that a lot of people do cocaine and um, I ended up hitting my my quota with weed. Don't touch that stuff really much. Um, but then, I, you know, I try a little bit of cocaine here and there. And then uh, I kind of just enjoyed the drug culture. Um, Angie, my wife, did as well. Like, it's uh, it's interesting shit, man. When you start to look at the uh, the different artists that that do these drugs, dude, it's it's nuts, dude. It's it's crazy. Like Stephen King wrote all of his best literature on heroin. That's nuts. Um, the musicians, like the actors, like he's led it, led, Ledger doing doing Joker, like one of my favorite roles out there, won all these awards. Like uh, these guys are on drugs, man. The, the musicians, dude. And then it's in the music. You hear about it. It's in the lyrics. It, it's nuts, dude. The culture of it. Um, it really makes you makes you guys look at things and, and start to, and I don't want to romanticize it at all because um, you start to realize, man, depending on the person and the drug and what's going on, it's like, man, these drugs are, are, are maybe put here on purpose to destroy people. I don't know. Or is it the people just, uh, I mean, it's a fact, dude, addiction is a disease. So maybe it's some people can, you know, I can go out and, and uh, I don't anymore because it's all part of the, the program because um, they say, you know, you go drinking and then all of a sudden it's going to make it easy and then you're next going to buy, find your dealer and, and it's over. So you've got to quit everything, especially in these, uh, like now, dude, it's all fresh and, and new. But, you know, I used to be able to drink no problem, dude. It wasn't wasn't an issue. Um, and then some people, you know, one beer and, and it's over, dude game over life's ruined um so it's it's really depends on the person and and uh can they control it and it, maybe it's hereditary it's it's passed down from from their uh forefathers and it's uh like i was saying addiction's a disease that's a fact and uh it's not like people go out with a set in their mind that they are going to uh ruin their lives tonight um it just it unfolds and and there it is you know your your wife is saying to the husband you know why can't you just stop what's wrong with you it's like you can't just stop it's it's an addiction it's it's a sickness and it's um it sucks 
it's it's a trap, dude. It's it's tough. So your addict brain, maybe when you're in these low low moments, is trying to uh, you know tell tell you it's not that bad. Um, look at all these these people that like Jimi Hendrix was doing heroin. I mean, he's amazing at the guitar. Um, your, your addict brain's trying to tell the the part of you that's having a panic attack because of the new normal for you is this thing that you never thought would would be and and uh if you don't get it every x amount of hours you're gonna get sick and it's uh it's got a grip on you and it costs a lot of money so you got to try to figure out how to how to like get out of this depression a little bit so you start telling yourself that yo look at these guys that did it how did they do it and not uh i mean and they probably did ruin their lives or they died um, some are still alive and made it out and quit and, and that's awesome. But yeah, it's a struggle, man. It's, it's, uh, it's evil. It's a trap for, for us. I think Angie and I had decided, you know, we like the drug culture. We'll try anything and anything once, you know, like we'll check it out and, uh, and that'll be that, you know, I definitely never do any needle type stuff and whatever, but you know, I'll look into shit and, uh, I think what, what ended up happening is I had a snowboard injury, started getting pain pills, and, and those were pretty sweet, man. Especially when I remember, like, when I was young, they used to give us those little, I don't know, like a little Vicodin 10 or something. And, uh, but then when you got a bigger injury, you know, there's some serious pain pills that have some, pack some punch, man. And um, there's like those little blues and there's like greens and, I don't know. They're they're freaking expensive though. It's like, I think those blue pills were like thirty a piece, you know, thirty bucks, and it starts out, you know, you can have one, and then you know, next week it's like, oh, a couple of those, and and uh, next thing you know, certain people are taking, you know, they need like six of them, and do the math on thirty times six, and every day, dude, all of a sudden you need a cheaper solution. In our case, um, you know, I remember we were getting. I had a line on some pills that were being sent to us from Tahoe, a snowboarder had a line on them and he was like hollowing out candles and, and filling them and then melted them back over and sending them and uh, whatever. That was dope. But then our source ran out and, you know, like I told you earlier, uh, these pain pills, they are opiates. Yes. But they are, uh, they're also the same thing as heroin. It's the same the same effects and the same um, downsides. And, and yeah, doctor prescribes them, but they are heroin. It's funny. I remember Johnny Depp recently, he was in that court case um, with his ex-wife. And they talk about how he's on opiates. Um, I think they might, I don't know if they call them pills. I think they just call them opiates, but they allude that they're pills. And he's over there nodding off. Um and you don't nod off like that from the pills. You nod off like that from heroin. So it's that that strong H word, even like, you know, guy like Johnny Depp, dude, he's gonna go with opiates and, and make it seem like it's uh something that it that is different than he's actually doing because the stigma around it is is so gnarly. But I think we need to change that because it's uh, the people that do have that problem are going to be scared to come forward. And, you know, it's just, it's opiates, dude. You know, the gnarly ones, the fentanyl, man, that's, that's changed everything for people 
because they're putting the fentanyl in not opiates. They're putting them in uh, cocaine. They're putting them in in everything, from what I'm hearing. I, I mean, I just saw some special on TV, and people are dying left and right, and you can take, like, one hit, and you're going to die. Um, and, and, you know, recently, I guess people are... I even heard about it in my uh, my rehab. The guy's quitting. Um, what, what was he doing? Cocaine or something? Crack maybe? He was a crack smoker. Um, he's quitting, and crack really is supposed to only have mental mental drawbacks when you're quitting. Like you just tears you up in your mind, and you got to get more. It's all mental. And but this dude has opiate withdrawal going on, man, and he's never even done it. Um, he's never done opiates in his life. But he's withdrawing to the point where they had to give him Suboxone. And, uh, yeah, it turns out they're putting that shit in everything now, dude. They're putting it in, in MDMA. They're, they, uh, I guess they just want to get you addicted and they're not, they're making it too strong. People are dying or they just don't care. I don't know. But it's, uh, it's gnarly, man. It's, it's, it's some serious shit. And then just another reason people need to, uh, hopefully get on the right side of this battle and, um, I got so many DMs from people that were, uh, you know, keeping this this habit on the down low. Like we were, and it all comes back to the stigma that's put on it. It's so gnarly, they're just going to keep it down low because they don't know what else to do. And hopefully hearing the the episode and, and this one will it will push them a direction that uh, moves in the right way for them because uh, it's a treadmill it's a hamster wheel, and you got to get off as soon as you can. Staying on is doing nothing for you. And every day you stay on that hamster wheel, man, is another day you are uh, screwing yourself. It's it's a trap, and uh, it works until it doesn't. You know, like I remember. Uh, so we we have pain pills, whatever. We're into them. Um, shit's fun, whatevs. And then one day we can't get them, dude, and we're panicking because we're starting to get sick, and we're gonna get sick. We got to get them. Um, and someone's like, oh, well, I can get you heroin. And I'm like, dude, I'm not, in, I'm not going to inject heroin. Are you kidding me? Like, no way. Um, not touching that. And then, you know, they're like, oh, no, you can smoke it, man. It's like chasing the dragon or whatever. Sherlock Holmes used to do that. That was like something he did. It's like, come on, dude. He did not. I guess he did. Oddly enough. Um, elementary, my dear Watson. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, it, it, it's something that I had no idea was a thing, dude. I a gentleman's way to do heroin is like you don't have to inject it. You can put a pinky up and and uh, smoke it. It's, I bet it's not even addicting that way. I bet you can quit no problem. It's like just dabble and dip in and dip out, and that'll be that. And uh, and we're not gonna get sick. Let's do this, man. Let's uh, let's try this, dude. That why not, dude? Let's not get sick. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Record scratch, dude. Tire screech. You can't do heroin like a gentleman. Um, it's, uh, you try it, dude, it's pretty quick, especially if you're already doing pills and you already got the the addiction, you already got the, if you're doing pills every day, it's like you're already there anyway. So you uh, you do a little bit of the H and bam, that's, uh, that's your new normal. So that's the new normal. That's it. And it is not a good normal, man. No, not a good normal. It's a trap. It's a uh, it's a nightmare, dude. A living nightmare. Um, 
I'm a snowboard photographer, dude. I travel. So imagine that, dude. Up on the, the I have to do the heroin arts, I get sick. And uh, you can't just travel and get a source, dude. You gotta you got your source here. So yeah, I had to travel through airport security more times than I would care to admit. Um with it. That can't be tight. Sometimes international locales, man. That's not tight. Uh, I learned that the dogs, airport dogs, um, fun fact, uh, you know when you're out there, the cops, you see the the cops, they have the dogs out in the streets, and uh, I started getting a theory that it's bullshit, dude, when they're like, all right, go sniff around. The dog goes and sniffs around, he finds a burrito and makes a little movement, and they're like, oh, he's got something, he's got something, he's, he's tagged up on something, and uh, we're going to search your car. Do you give us consent and uh, whatever, dude? They they basically, time after time, if you watch cops or whatever, that's how it seems to go. Um, the dog will look at something and be all happy or excited. It doesn't even really make make any uh, any different uh, move or whatever to signify that he's got something. It's because it's bullshit. Um, I learned that dogs, airport dogs can only be trained or any dog for one one sniffing skill um so you can have your marijuana dog um you can have your cocaine dog you can have your uh dog that smells cds back when that was an issue but you know after uh 9-11 it was bombs dude they want the drugs or the the dogs that sniff out bombs or bomb parts um Anything else is really like, like not not an issue. And when they're looking for any sort of drugs at the airport, they want they don't want Jimmy with a little nug in his pocket. They don't want uh, old Ned over here who has a uh, freaking a gram of uh, Alaskan Thunderfuck that he bought in uh, 1992 in Vermont because that shit's so good. He held it. He's got a stash in his freezer, and he just dips in it every time he goes back east. Flies back with a nugget. Um, keeping that shit legit because it's such a good strain. No, just kidding. He, uh, they, they just, they don't work that way. I learned that. And uh, that's interesting stuff. So, you know, the airport uh, shit is scary, dude. It's mind, mind-blowingly scary. But, man, you, you build up that confidence. And stash, I had a stash scenario going in my camera bag, dude. And shit, they would never find it, ever. And, uh. Uh, if I did bring it, and I, you know, I tried to not bring it, I would try to quit before any kind of trip, trip, because it's like if you're going on a ten day trip, um, I mean, what's what's the most you can bring with you, like without it being sketchy, it's like a day's worth or something. So what's the point? You got to quit um, just beforehand and then uh, leave on a trip, quit sober, and uh, dude, I would I would do that all the time, dude. I would quit like X amount of times a season, um. And maybe that's why quitting got super hard eventually. I said it was easy with the boxing and I had a program, but it was easy till it wasn't. And uh, I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's I hit my quota, quit quota. Um, but man, dude, it started getting gnarly, dude, where the sickness was real. And so uh, it was just not tight. It, it was rough, dude. But uh, I would quit, man. If I had to go on a trip and, and it was on, I would quit. And uh, you get through that shit, 
a um, couple of days. You, you really have to just make it 24 hours. After 24 hours, you can go 24 hours, and uh, that's when you can take Suboxins the, after 24 hours. And it's uh, for the first day or two, you're feeling kind of shitty. But if you do it right, after 24 hours of shittiness, um, you take that and you're good to go. And so, boom, for some reason, when you're at home milking on the couch, dude, and you try to quit, I don't know what it is, dude. It's a mental game, but you feel like shit, dude. You're ready to just die. The the homie's a phone call away. It's like, let's end this pain. And uh, especially, dude, your your wife's in it too with you. Like, one of you's going to pull the trigger and be like, let's let's stop this. I'm too sick. You're, you're shitting your pants. You're puking. You're uh, just the worst flu. It's... The baby's crawling on the ceiling, dude, like, like in that movie, um, train spotting, dude. It's, just, it's freaking just brutal, dude. It's it's nuts, and uh, you got to pull the trigger. When you're not at home and you're you're out and you're at a different place for some reason, it's like mellow. Um, I don't know what it is, dude. It's it's crazy. It must be mental. I've heard if you get put in jail, dude, and you got to quit, it's like you don't have a choice. Um, you can't call your dealer. This, this is what's up, and so it's not as bad. So that's that's interesting to think about, I guess, is mind over matter. But anyways, yeah, so um, the wife and I got deep, dude. We're talking, like, between pills and then switching over. It was, like, eight years of uh, addiction. That's that's hardcore, dude. It was uh, nothing we're proud of. It's it's a trap, dude. We got got pulled in, and once we were in, there was, there was just – I didn't see a way out. I didn't know how we would get out. How do both of us pay? You know, I heard rehab was like, I don't know, 30 to 45K. And then there's detox. It's going to be like, you know, like another 10K. Um, two of us, dude, like, how are we going to do this? That's There's no way. So we got to figure out how to quit at home, figure out how to get some boxing and then quit at home. And, and uh, that'll be that. And we must have tried 150 times, you know, and... Uh, I don't know what it is, dude. It it it's deep, dude. This this beast, the beast is inside you. He uh, he. Not only you know, if you go X amount of hours without, um, in our case, smoking, the uh, the drug, you, you get sick, and uh, it starts mellow, you know, but and then it, it progresses to just brutal sickness and. Uh, and it's not only that, dude. It's like if you're asleep, dude, he's in your dreams. And in your dreams, you're trying to cop. Um, you're trying to get some. It's, it's, it's fucked up, dude. So it's got you mentally and it's got you physically. And then if you quit, it's like, oh, whatever. That wasn't that bad, dude. Like, I'll, it'll get out of my system. And then I'll maybe I'll actually really get high because that's the other thing, man. Like, it doesn't take long until your tolerance gets to a place where it doesn't even matter how much you do, you know, if you're smoking it, it, it does not matter. You're not getting high. You're just doing maintenance. Um, do we haven't, we haven't gotten high in years. It's, it's brutal. Um, years. We are strictly on a program to not get sick and, and try to like just function at as normal humans. And, and, uh, it was, it was hard dude. like, what if your dealer gets busted? Dude, you're relying on this one person to, or else your well being falls to shit if you if you don't get what you need. And and let's say okay, I'll buy a week's worth. No, you can't buy a week's worth. If you buy a week's worth, you're gonna do a week's worth. 
And uh, that, that's just that. That's how it works because it just speaks to you. It calls to you. It's uh, it, it's evil, evil, and it doesn't let you go, man. And that's why, I mean, you got to get the professional help, dude. And I guess we, we really realized that this time because of the difference. Um, we, we've tried to quit so many times, and the difference here was just, you know, night and day. And uh, I think that's something that, that people that are going through this need to realize, man, it's the helps out there. And, uh, dude, what's crazy about the help, too, is they are not judgmental. They, you know, they actually, they take pride in what they do. They want to help you. A lot of them worry you. Um, at the place that we did our, or every place you go to, dude, there's like, you know, of course, there's a therapist. They got to go to school, handle their business. Even like 80% of them, let's say 50% of them, had gone through it or had a family member that went through it. The guy who uh, owned the operation I was at, his brother went through it, almost died, and uh, boom, they they were like, "This, we got to figure this out. We got to help people." Um, all the employees, dude, like they they need to figure out life after um, th- their old life fell apart, and they lost family, they lost friends, they, they don't know what they're gonna do, and Boom, they ended up pursuing careers in, in this path, and it, people are passionate. And uh, it makes it so much easier, you know, when you're with someone that's been through it. It's like, you trust them, you know? Like, you know, they know what's up. You know what's up. That's why me sitting here talking to you is a lot better than uh, someone who hasn't been through it because they don't know, you know? They're, they're going to say something ridiculous to you, and you're going to be like, dude, you get, get out of here, man. Because it's uh, the people that have been through it, they know what's up, and... You know they're not going to judge you, and um, but yeah. So we were we were in it. We were too deep, and no way out, dude. There was no way out. I don't know what we were going to do, man. It was it, it, you start to have these panic attacks. It's it's like there's no way out, dude. And and the panic attacks, dude. When those set in, you're just like you're just you're trapped, dude. You're like life as you know it is this trap, and. uh all of a sudden, dude, you, if you, if you, I guess I never looked, you know, like you just figure it's uh, not going to work. It's impossible. How am I going to do this? So you can use your health insurance to go to rehab and to go to detox. I had no freaking idea, dude. Um, a lot of people might say, well, dude, I don't have health insurance. Like, what are you, Mr. Moneybags over there? Dude, turns out Obamacare is real, man. That, that, uh, they, they have it set up where it's like a sliding scale. And uh, I set it up all online, and if you don't make any money, it's free. If you uh, make some money, then they give you hundreds back on the spot, basically. Um, Do we were able to get, my wife and I were able to get a plan for like $200 a month, and that's both of us, and uh, full deal, sick insurance. We chose something that was like high deductible. I think uh, your better plan is going to be low deductible. Because uh, that way, if you do need to go deal with something like this, deductible, if your deductible is 10 grand, you know, they're going to detox is going to wipe that out right there. That's 10K. Um, But either way, you know, you're looking at 10K for detox, 45K for uh, a program. That's on average. But uh, yeah, that insurance is going to cover everything but that deductible, which in my case was 10K. So bam, dude, that's that's insane. It's uh, quite a program. And uh, 
it's funny that we're talking about this right now because it's open enrollment on uh, health insurance. Not that I work. I don't work for them or anything. I'm not going to kick back, I swear. But uh, I'm just kidding. I need to sign up as well for the new setup for 2024, but it's open enrollment. So if you don't have health insurance, man, it's it's right there. Just go get it. Grab it. It's uh, It's simple. You can either call somebody or do it online. But... Yeah, we thought there was no way out of this, and here, here it is. There's a path, dude. It's, it's all lining up. Um, they, they want us to get better, and, and it's, it's something that you know a lot of people have like their, their family has kind of turned their back on them, and their friends have turned their back on them because they've had a rough go. Um, these people are there for you and uh, can help you and change your life. Oh, baby, I tell you what, man, I couldn't. Imagine what it's like to go through this uh, alone, man. Without, without Angie, dude, it'd be be crazy. You know, she's my ride or die. It's like we had each other throughout all all that, all this, and I just can't can't imagine if you're keeping a secret um, from your spouse. You can't tell your friends you're alone. Um, what I saw in in therapy and uh, rehab, a lot was people turned turned everyone away through the through the process. They they didn't have friends anymore. They uh, family was over them, and they'll come back. You know, you can you can always make amends, but but people were alone, and uh, having Angie's has just been huge. But but you know, let's get into uh, what it's like, dude. All of a sudden. Uh, these opportunities open up, and I don't have to quit at home and fail like I have been, you know, like haven't been successful. So so what's it like doing it pro style? You know, what, what could your uh, future be like if you have some problems like this, and, and now all of a sudden you're hearing that that there's there's ways to do it financially. Um, there is, uh, there's paths set up for you, and insurance is an option. Um you know, th- th- this could be you if you need it or your loved one that, that needs help, you know. So first things first, uh, you, you, get, you go to detox. Um, and, man, I tell you what, I saw some people come into to the rehab um, before they detoxed. And, woo, baby, it was like um, one, one guy didn't have a choice because it was like something to do with his jail thing. And, um, man, talk about miserable they do have doctors, but they just, it's not the same, you know? They throw you up in the crib with everyone else, and and uh, you can just tell these guys are going through it. You, you'll hear some people moaning, and it's just not where you want to do it. Um, I went to uh, this uh, what, university hospital or something uh, up in the avenues, um, and you know, so, so when I'm at this, the, the intervention's going down, and uh, I'm finding out, dude, that I'm going to be gone for 45 days minimum. Um, I got dogs, dude. I, I got a wife. It's like I got a life. I got, I got stuff going on, dude. I can't just ghost for 45 days. Um, haven't been away from my wife that long since we've been married, dude. Um, talk, about, talk about something that will hold you back. From from going from committing, that that's like that's scary. That's I'll be straight up. The the new life that's presented to you. I mean, I asked for it. I mean, Angie and I prayed for it. But man, and we needed it. But 
this this life that's about to unfold for you is is pretty scary. Um, and so it's unfolding for me, and I'm starting to to realize what's going to be going on. Um, and they want me to go tonight because, you know, they don't realize that the difference between smoking heroin, injecting heroin, um, I don't blame them for for not realizing. Of course, I didn't know all this stuff, but, um, you know, when you inject, it's like you're getting that whole, you can do your whole freaking load all at once and get this huge amount that's like strong enough to kill you. You're smoking it. You just get this amount that's, that's not enough. It's not going to kill you. Unless there's fentanyl in it, and um, you know that's anybody's getting it's that's that's like an epidemic right there in its own. Um, but if you have a trustworthy dealer and like the one you use all the time and and you trust, it's like it's not like you're out there risking your life with a needle. Um, so there's a difference there. You know, I'd, I'd been wrapped up in this addiction between the pills and the the smoking it for eight years, nine years. Um, I'm not all of a sudden going to like die from smoking it that night and, and then everyone's sad and and here I am, but it's like, whatever they want me to go. You know what? I'm going to go, but I can't go unless my, my wife goes too. She's, she's got to get in, you know, what's, what's that look like? Um, how does this work? Cause I'm not going unless she goes, I'm not going to leave her out there alone. And, uh, I'm in here trying to recover. So, um, sure enough, dude, like LeBlanc and Travis Wood and, you know, they, they knew Angie well, too. They, they just jumped into action, dude. Um, they, they were just like, all right, we'll figure it out. Don't even worry about it. Um, the dogs don't freaking worry about it. LeBlanc ended up getting uh, someone to, to take care of them. Um, they stayed at the house and they were walked daily and taken care of. Justin Meyer um, from Videocrafts actually took my cat, Bean, home because that way she didn't have to, like, stay there with the big dogs and, and deal with their, their bullshit. Um, took Bean home to the family and integrated her. The kids loved her. I, you know, when I saw her again, she had a haircut and looked so happy. Um, so good, my kitty. Cat. Um, Bean actually is a cat that thinks that she's a dog. It's pretty funny. Great cat. We'll get her on the show. We'll interview her one of these days. There's a couple of dogs have made appearances, so why not get the cat up in the mix? But uh, yeah, I mean, talk about some some G's just just uh, you know ready to to make this work. You know, they even I think LeBlanc called Angie's dad. You know, we're talking like Mormon, very Mormon family here. Um, you know, I thought the news would just just knocked them out of their chairs and, 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 uh, you know, I was thinking they might like take it to a point where they're not going to talk to her anymore. Like, like, like pretty insane, but wow. Understanding people, just, just nothing but love. Um, they recommend that, uh, husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend don't go to the same place. Like you, cause then you're looking out for each other and you need to be working on yourself. So, they found a uh, all woman's place for her, and uh, it's it sucked. There was some turns out that our insurance wasn't good there, which I don't know how this all happened, but our insurance wasn't good there, and and her dad ended up having like just they wouldn't even let her in unless he like forked forked out for it right then and there. And God, what an, what an amazing person Phil is. Uh, Phil, you are the man, and and uh, and Carolyn, you guys had Angie's back more than 
than we uh, ever thought, and so much love for you guys for that. Um, but whew, here we are with this new beginning. Um, all of a sudden, you're you're looking at rushed off to to detox. Boom, um, man, much better than doing it at the house. You get just a little button, and uh, nurse just takes care of you, whatever you need, and uh, you need food, you can get food, and um, I don't even like remember my time there, and. I don't know if it's because I was sick or the blood pressure issue or I just remember kind of coming out of there. I remember one instance, like I'm, I'm in there and uh, I was told they were sending some people from the, the rehab place to meet me just to say, what's up? Um, and uh, it's normal, I guess. They send a couple of the sales dudes over just to, to kind of tell you what's introduced, like introduce themselves, tell you what it's going to be like. And, and when you get out of there, what that's going to look like and who will pick you up and, um, I don't, when I'm like sick or withdrawing, I, I don't do well with other people. I'm, I'm kind of grumpy. I'll be, I'm grumpy. And uh, I wake up, these two dudes I don't know are sitting in my room and they're like, oh, what's up, Ethan? All, all, all happy. I, I said, get the fuck out of here and uh, told them to leave. And uh, I, I feel bad. I still feel bad, but we still joke about it now because no one's ever done that to them. Um, but I was just like, I think I even was just like, dude, this is such bad style. Like I'm in here sick and and here you guys are like all excited and, and cheerful, like sitting in my room, staring at me. Like this is, this is messed up, man. Get, get the fuck out of here. And, uh, they bounced. And then when I saw them later, we all had a good laugh, but yeah. So you get through that, man, I had to be in there like 10 days. Cause, uh, the blood pressure issue had to get that all squared away. Um, they ended up figuring that out. Um, it was, uh, then it's time to go to your uh, new home and we're talking like, I don't know, like 35 to dude. Some people stay there like freaking six months, dude. It's just, you stay until you, until you don't, until you're better, I guess it's, it's crazy until they, they say you're better, but some people like don't have anywhere to go, dude. They've blown it with their family. They, they have work to do on themselves and it's like, they, they just don't. It's like they could go to prison or they could, they don't know what to do. And they got more to take care of. So they, they're in there like six months, dude. Um, it's crazy. I went to uh, to Wasatch, it's called. up. It's located in between the canyons, which is kind of cool. Um, but it, the place is dope. It's like a big, big uh, couple of houses, you know, turned into big, big old houses, turned into the facility. And I'll tell you. It's like uh, going into Big Brother or something the first day. You walk in, you know, you walk into this place, dude. You don't know anybody. You're feeling like shit. You know you look like shit. Um, and all of a sudden, you just meet your whole house all at once. And they know how it is, dude. So they want to make you feel comfortable, dude. So all of a sudden, you got like, I think my house had uh, almost like 20 people in it. And uh, they just... All of a sudden, you meet all these people, and one of them's like in charge of showing you around, telling you the rules, and um, it's wild, dude. It's like all of a sudden you're just thrown into this this wild setting, and um, and you meet these people that are rad, man, and you're starting to realize, wow, all walks of life, you know, addiction addiction has no barrier, is is no no discrimination, man. They it doesn't discriminate. It's like it could be a teacher, it could be um, a bus driver. It could be your garbage man. It could be your mailman. It could be your mom. It's, it, it could be your brother. Um, black, white, 
male, female, it's, it, uh, you know, politics, freaking all, all classes, rich, poor. Um, it, it's there. It's a disease and it, it affects all. So your house is filled with all these random people, random ages, uh, way more males than females because for females, like committing to leaving um, their house where there's kids and stuff, that's, you know, that's not going to happen. That's, that, which sucks because they often don't get the treatment they need. But man, they make you feel great, and you're in this big old crib. Um, it's it's really it's like being in some sort of camp. Um, it's camp therapy, I guess. Um, there's all these, you know, they they start reading off all those rules, and there's kind of some crazy rules at first. You're like, whoa, man! Cause they they take your cell phone, of course. That's boom, taken away. Um, searching for drugs, go through all your clothes. Um, there's random piss tests, you know, just to make sure because you know people have. People are there sometimes uh, from a stay out of jail or prison scenario. It's like it's prison or it's here. What are you going to do? And so they ended up, you know, they'll throw drugs over the wall and have their dealer come by and whatever, you know. Um, it's uh, it, it's wild and it's there's there's food in there like anything you can imagine and and plus they cook you like three awesome meals. Um, you're going to the gym every day. You're doing yoga. You're doing that shit where you're doing boot camp. That's what it's called, like the burpees. And um, you're, you're, uh, there's just, it's just, they keep you busy. Um, wake up to, uh, to you, you want to go to bed early, man. You, you're, you're hitting the sack at like nine o'clock, man. It was the earliest I got to bed in so long. And you're up at, at uh, 6 30, man. Breakfast, boom. Everyone has chores and everyone's working together. And, you know, there's there's drama. There's there's uh, all these rules that they have in place, and at first you're like, like these rules are lame. You know, like I can't share a cigarette with this guy if he needs it. I'm gonna give him a cig if he needs it, or uh, I can't watch R-rated um, channels. Like that's insane, dude. I'm a freaking grown adult, dude. Like back up. Like just crazy rules. Um, no swearing unless you're in in process, and I'll get to process. And it's just like, dude, these rules are just insane. And and at first you're just like, you know, people like myself and the people that are there, um, we rebel against stuff like that. We don't do do well with, with crazy rules. But you you learn, um, and I'll get to this. Like, I'll just you learn that what they're doing with these rules is all set up on purpose. Like you don't get in trouble if you give the guy a cigarette or if you swear. Um, the rules are in place to reprogram you. Um, and it's all about giving you this new structure that you're supposed to adhere to and uh, these new habits like making your bed and and uh, this is when you get up, this is where you go this is when you go to sleep and it's like it clicks one day like, oh these guys you know, they don't care if I give this guy a cigarette or they don't care if I swear. They're reprogramming me. I'm feeling reprogrammed. I'm not swearing. Like this is this is weird. I, I am going to bed earlier. I don't want to give this guy share a cigarette. Like, this is weird. It's, it's actually working. Um, and you, you realize it's like you got to give 100% to this program and not fight it because if you fight it, you're not ready. You shouldn't be there. And they'll even tell you, if you're not going to take this seriously, you are in someone else's bed that wants to live because it could be, uh, you know, it could, it could be life or death for the next person. They're, they're, they're injecting fentanyl and, and they're dying. Um, where they could have been in that bed, but you took it and you're not serious about it. So th they tell you that all the time and it's true. So it's like, take it seriously. Um, give it a hundred percent because 
that's what you're here to do, right? And if you're not going to give it 100%, it's like, what's the point? Um, you got to just go. You got to go all in. And uh, man, so you start to get in with the program and then you have a thing called process. And uh, my process at my place was every day, Monday through Friday for three hours. And process is kind of what I just did, basically sit here and tell you my story. But when I'm done, um, everyone in the room gets to add their two cents, give their opinion, say uh, where I might have done something wrong or something I did good, and and uh, that'll be kind of moderated by the uh, by the therapist because they don't want, you know, they 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 know and they got to be like, all right, chill, all right, back up a second, like you're coming in too hard, and and there are these rules you follow and all this this and this, and it's uh. It's crazy, dude. It's it's like psychological hardcore warfare, dude. You, you'll hear some stories in there that just rock your world, dude. And everyone's crying, and and it's just the gnarliest shit you ever heard. It's 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 messed up. It's like, dude, I understand why why you why you turn to drugs. I get it, bro. Like that's that's crazy. Um, it, it's it's gnarly shit. But you also see that. Um, you kind of relate to everybody one way or another, and they relate to you, and you just start to realize, like, you know, this these drugs don't discriminate. Everyone's dealing with the shit, and at the end of the day, you're not special. Your situation's not special. It all comes back to this disease that's just freaking running rampant in our lives, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gnarly. And for me... You know, for the last, I don't even know how many years, um, I have only, like, hung out with snowboarders, which is wild, because that's just the people I meet and, and work with. So it was really cool to all of a sudden meet all these people that, you know, are not involved with snowboarding, don't know anything about snowboarding, and uh, get to know them. And because you're doing this processing and, and living in these tight quarters, not tight quarters, the house is actually beautiful, Um you're just doing all these stuff and, and you get kind of tight, you know, it's like, it's like the effect, uh, when you go on a rail trip and dig in, um, work hard and you like get this, this, uh, uh, this component of commodity and, and it's like, these are your boys now. And, uh, it's, it's like, I don't know, like, uh, you're almost going through PTSD in that, in that therapy room, dude. Cause they're coming at you, dude. It's just some hardcore shit. And it can break you wide open. And, and uh, man, I would say even if you don't have a, um, any problems as an addict, like that that shit is good for anybody, dude, because it's, it's some hardcore shit and it just gets you talking about things that have happened in your life. And um, the, the therapists, they're good, man. They're really good at what they do. The whole staff, dude, everyone cares. And it's like a... At first, when you get there, you hate it. You're you're so bummed. You don't have your cell phone. Like, can't even believe you agreed to this. And and then you don't want to leave by the end of it. You don't want to turn your phone back on. You like, you know, they teach you about being present. And the cell phone's just taking you away from that. And and uh, you like, you're eating all this great food, dude. I was I was calling my my wife on on a landline, like making plans of when I'm gonna call her. Like like we we're little kids in high school again. And it was fucking awesome, man. It's it's like this amazing feeling, and uh, we just don't have that enough anymore. So I don't know. That was really cool, um, and and not to mention just learning about yourself and 
getting back into uh, – I was playing pickleball and playing volleyball and freaking played so many sports. I got, like, plantar fasciitis, dude, because it's freaking my flat feet. But, damn, dude, I'll, I'll settle for plantar fasciitis if I'm going to be the pickle pickle volleyball champion of the world. You know what I mean? You got to go hard when you got to go hard. That's just – that's what's up. Um, yoga, dude. Uh Day two always told me that it's better to be stiff and pissed, but dude, twos, you were you were off, dude. I love yoga, dude. I got a yoga kit here at the crib now, dude. I put that on a projector, and you can YouTube up some whatever type of yoga you want, dude. It's it's uh, it's dope, dude. It's uh, yoga's a shit, but uh, yeah, man. I think it's uh, there's this resource that's out there to help help you to help your family member, to help your brother, to help your father, to help your mother. Whoever needs it. Maybe it's your little sister. Maybe it's your neighbor. I don't know. Maybe it's your dog. Just kidding. It's not your dog. But, you know, there's these resources that are out there. And uh, health insurance is here to help you. And uh, health insurance is cheap now if if you know what you're doing. So it's like there's a path, man. You just got to follow it. You just got to follow this path. And, uh, dude, you can change your life, man. And uh, I don't know. I hope hope somebody hears this and – they take these steps, dude, and and don't beat yourself up, dude. They tell you this in the in in the spot. It's like, you know, it's a process, dude. Some, I mean, they say, dude, that there's like a ninety percent chance you're gonna relapse. You know, Angie and I quit a lot of times. Uh, if you throw in all the times we quit at home, and yeah, I'd probably say they're right, dude. It's hard. It's freaking hard. Um, a lot of people, you know, they go through that to those rehabs more than once man like i've seen some people they're claiming big numbers dude one one or two times those are rookie numbers dude we're like six or eight some people um it's no joke dude but you know what it's uh if it gets you there i don't care if it takes six i don't care some people do it in one like i was saying whatever man it's whatever it takes um it's it's your life dude take advantage of it Tools, man. I want to get this Discord going, and maybe we can have our own form of processing. Uh, just shoot the shit in there. People can talk and uh, tell their story like I just did, you know. But I, I got a lot of organization, dude, with this podcast. So, um, so as I as I get it rolling, we'll get the Discord going. But um, let's let's do this, man. The sky's the limit, dude. Mental health, you know. Let's let's. Uh, Let's let's squash let's squash this scenario with addiction. It's it's all around us, dude, and it's destroying families. It's it's breaking up marriages. It's it's taking their their parents away from kids. It's it's uh, time to make a change, man. Let's do this, uh, dude. Patreon members, thank you so much, man. I can't like I said, I, the uh, I'm I'm new here. I'm out here, uh, you know. After three years with the other spot, I got to rebuild, dude. Like everyone who hits uh, subscribe, dude, that's huge. I gotta, I gotta catch up. I got a, uh, I got, I got rookie numbers. You know what I mean? Starting fresh over here. So, uh, yeah, hit subscribe, man. Hit like. Check out Patreon. Check out merch, dude. Anyone who supports any of that, um, it's huge, man. I'm, I'm just glad to be back. Be back here with you. Um, Let's remember Tuesday, dude. That's going to be the new day. I got something new for you, uh, a, new, a new segment I'm going to be dropping. Um, it's going to be dropping this Tuesday, as long as everything goes smooth. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's handle biz, man. Let's uh, 
let's get it, let's get it straight for for 2024, man. It's uh, I feel like COVID and and uh, other scenarios seem to just really harshen shit up for people and and uh, really really just destroy destroy a lot of work people have put in and, and people have to restart and um yeah man mental health's an issue these days and addiction mental health it's all hand in hand let's uh. I don't know. That's that's my story, man. These are my truths. Uh, I'm glad I was able to share it all with y'all, with y'all, because uh, telling a story feels good. It feels good for me talking about it, getting it off my chest. Um, so I do it as much for myself as I do for all you. <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm just kidding, dude. I I just hope that uh, you know resonates with somebody. And you got questions, man? Hit me, hit me in the DMs. I'm here. Um, lately, if I get busy because there's so many DMs that might take me a little bit to get caught up, but I'll, uh, I, I will get back to everybody and, uh, you know, I'll see y'all Tuesday and, uh, I hope, uh, you guys enjoyed this talk, man. A little one-on-one with y'all from me to you. Um, much love. Talk to you soon. Peace.